Welcome to a special edition of Week in Review, where we recap events and issues pertinent to Central Illinois. I'm WMBD Radio News Director Will Stevenson. This week, the second part of our look back at the Central Illinois tornadoes of 10 years ago. The worst of them hit Washington hard, with the National Weather Service says were winds over 150 miles per hour. This week, we're talking with those who were impacted and those who helped in the recovery. We continue that look with WMBD's T.J. Carson, who spoke recently with former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn. Governor, I kind of want to start off on this look back to kind of before uh, it happened. Uh, Can you talk us through what that morning was like for you before the storm hit? What was on the agenda for that day? Well, I was in the Chicago area, and the Bears were playing at home. And uh, like most everybody, it was watching the game or going to watch the game. And uh, the weather started to, you know, get kind of threatening, very dark clouds. Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, once the game began, it got so threatening, they had to empty the stadium. And then uh, I got word that uh, tornadoes had hit all over uh, downstate Illinois, in Brookport, in Gifford, and in Washington. And uh, then we knew that there was a real, real crisis uh, uh, developing uh, statewide. And um, whenever you had a natural disaster when I was governor, I tried to get to the scene and uh, uh, help out. And uh, so I knew that the next 24 hours I would be uh, traveling to all of those uh, cities, especially Washington. Was there a feeling that these storms were coming that day? Was it? Was there a feeling that they were going to be this bad? Was there any inkling of that? No, I don't think so. Uh, I know that sometimes, you know, the weather forecasters would have details of uh, bad weather approaching, but nothing like this. Uh, you know, the tornado was very, very strong and deadly and uh people uh died both uh in the gifford area in brookport and uh definitely what happened in washington uh it turned out uh the bears uh game did proceed uh, once the weather passed the fans went back into soldier field and the game went on but uh downstate it was much much worse and de- uh, very deadly so you hit the road after you got word of the tornadoes. What was those first couple hours like? What were some of your first impressions when you got into Washington and you saw what you saw? Well, it was devastated. Uh, the city of Washington and the homes and the businesses, uh, there was looked like hundreds of uh, properties that had been uh, demolished. And... Um, uh, when I arrived, uh, there were cars along the road, uh, the highway going to Washington. There were people from all over who, uh, when they heard about what happened and when the tornado passed, people literally got in their cars and drove, uh, parked along the side of the highway and, uh, volunteered to help. Uh, quite impressive to see the, uh, just, hundreds of volunteers trying to help uh, the people recover. And that went on, you know, not just for a day, but for quite some time. You know, the first week was difficult, to say the least. Uh, Mayor Gary 
Meneer was a real leader. Uh, he uh, led the community, organized uh, with uh, others to make sure that uh, people were taken care of. And, uh, you know, there were, unfortunately, funerals that occurred in the uh, days after. And, uh, you know, it was very, very important to make sure as a mayor, uh, Gary Meneer was there for the people. And my job as governor was to help uh, the mayor and the people of Washington get whatever they needed to uh, recover and uh, rebuild the city. Uh, And uh, I went there several times in the course of the next few weeks and months. What did you feel had to be taken care of right away in the aftermath of the tornado? What had to be done uh, in Washington? Well, there had to be rescue to make sure everyone was uh, safe and then recovery. uh, And recovery included all the debris, all the, you know, the, everything was, scattered about. I mean, it, it was like uh, what once had been a housing development or a business was no no longer there. You know, it, it was a very powerful storm. I remember a story about a little boy uh, uh, in Washington. Um, he kind of wanted to look at the tornado as it was coming. His mother just demanded that he come down the stairs and get to the basement and uh, just in time, you know, he survived, unfortunately, uh, but it was that strong when the, when it was coming in its path, you had to get out of the way, get to, you know, the basement or away from where the storm and, uh, you know, just demolished everything that came in front of it. So it was a very, you know, people obviously, when their life's property and many, many things, uh, people had died, there was a, a real fear in the community uh, about the future. And um, I think that's what the government's got to do at the local level, like Mayor Gary Minear and the city government of uh, Washington and the county government of Caswell County and then the state government of Illinois. Uh, you know, clearly our state, we had the most uh, resources uh, to be there with our emergency management agency. Uh, they were on the scene helping out, well, you know, very much leading the process. And then we also wanted to make sure that people applied for uh, federal relief uh, that they were individually entitled to and the city as well, Washington. So, you know, people from the government that worked for me worked with lots and lots of folks to fill out the forms and make sure that they got what they they needed and were entitled to under law. <clears throat> then I remember uh, there was a, uh, uh, a telethon that one of the TV stations in Peoria had to help raise money for people who, you know, were really hard hit. And, um, you know, I participated in that and many, many more people did. It was very very impressive how uh, generous uh, uh, volunteers were, people from all over, uh, you know, the state of Illinois and probably outside the state were there to uh, help folks in Washington get back on their feet. 
you've talked very glowingly about uh, Washington Mayor Gary Manier, uh, city leaders, county leaders in the aftermath of the tornado. Mm-hmm. How impactful were those efforts by them, uh, not only right after the tornado, but in the recovery? Well, you don't sleep too much, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I was very impressed by Gary Manier. Uh, he, he was a calm presence, someone who brought people together, everybody in, nobody left out. And, um, you know, he just was a steady person. And really, when I have a crisis, a natural disaster, I, you know, as governor, by that time, I had been governor about six years, five, six years. And I've been through floods, and uh, we had a horizontal hurricane in southern Illinois, ice storms, uh, droughts, all kinds of terrible things that harm people. And, um, you know, you have to be there. And uh, I, when the tornado hit and, you know, it was so devastating, uh, you had to have uh, men like Gary step forward and really lead the people in a positive way. Uh, not overbearing in any way. Uh, he understood that uh, you needed to have teamwork, partnership, and uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, and as I said earlier, it was very impressive how many volunteers just showed up. Uh, you know, the tornado had come and gone. Now we have to recover. And people from all over Illinois literally drove to Washington, to Tazewell County, and uh, parked their car on the side of the road and sometimes walk quite a distance just to get to the uh, scene of where the devastation was worse and, uh, you know, did whatever he could to help out. More of T.J. Carson's conversation with former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn when this special edition of Week in Review continues. We continue a conversation WMBD's T.J. Carson recently had with former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn about how the state responded to the tornadoes and how the city of Washington responded. Were there any interactions or stories from people affected by the tornado in Washington that stood out the most to you? Something that might have left a lasting impact on you? Well, anytime there's a death, whether it's a military funeral or a funeral of someone who died in a natural disaster, you don't forget those situations ever. Um, you know, there were uh, wakes and other, you know, it, I do want to point out there were other funerals across Illinois, uh, from the tornado, uh, Brookport and deep Southern Illinois lost, uh, souls from the tornado that hit there. And, uh, I think also was a true in Gifford. Uh, so, you know, when you lose great people, very special people, um, you don't forget them. Uh, you ask God to bless their immortal soul. Were there any lessons learned in the aftermath of the Washington tornado uh, that are still in use today that you're aware of? Well, you know, as governor, I was uh, in charge of the Illinois Emergency Management Agency. I had a uh, young man there who was uh, in ch- the head of that agency he had gone to West Point, graduated from West Point, uh, served as a captain in Iraq. Uh, you know, he was a soldier, and then when he came home after his uh, discharge, he uh, I 
decided to put him as in charge of the agency because he knew how to organize and <clears throat> work with people from the community to make sure things uh, were going in the right direction. So every natural disaster, remember his name, his name was John Munkin, you know, he would take notes and make, you know, kind of um, just to analyze the situation after everything was uh, concluded, uh, you know, to uh, improve the agency's response. Uh, you had to have uh, the equipment as well as the people who had been through different types of uh, natural disasters, whether it be tornadoes or floods. You know, we had had a flood uh, on the Illinois River uh, a little bit before, and it was, uh, you know, very devastating as well in different parts of Illinois. So we, you know, we you learn from, uh, you know, these crises on how to make sure when something happens that's bad, you're right there doing whatever you can to help people out. What did you take away the most personally about the tornado and the recovery in Washington? How would you say it mm -hmm. impacted you? Well, I went down to Washington, I think it was like 2013 in the summertime. No, it was maybe 2014. Yeah, I remember Judy Bartopinka was there and Bill Brady, the state senator, and uh, maybe another couple of elected officials, and then the people from the community, including Mayor Gary Manier. Uh, and um, some bills had been passed by the legislature to help folks in the recovery, and um, I had to sign those bills to make them law. So we set up, like, I think a table right outside of where we had had some of the press conferences during the course of the a crisis. Uh, this is now a year later, uh, things or a year or two later, it, but whatever, it, uh, things had been rebuilt. It was just amazing how quickly folks came together and rebuilt, uh, uh, you know, the damage, took, you know, got rid of the damage and then built uh, new things upon it. And uh, I will never forget that. I, I remember, you know, I, I got along pretty well with Judy uh, Bartabiga. She was a different political party, but we were all in this together from the state to help Washington and the other communities. And, um, you know, signing those uh, bills, uh, I think, was uh, showed Illinois at its best. People from different political beliefs, uh, but they were all united in the fact that when a crisis hits, a natural disaster that takes claims lives, unfortunately, and really demolishes property, we are not going to stand on the side of the road and have political arguments. We're going to band together in the best traditions of uh, Abraham Lincoln's democracy and help and volunteer to make things uh, better. To kind of clarify uh, that uh, those bills were signed in Washington, do you recall what those bills were? Well, there were specific bills about getting relief, eligibility for relief, uh, I don't remember all the details. Uh, There's three or four bills, as I recall. And um, we came together, had a little press conference talk to answer questions. But, I mean, looking at the new properties that had been built over the, de you know, demolished property uh, and having seen that, you know, the just complete debris that was there, 
right after the uh, tornado. It it was miraculous how people within a rather short period of time could come together, not for profit, to work together to uh, help Washington get back on its feet. And um, I think that's a lasting memory. I, I would always, if anybody asked me, I would say, boy, you guys are real lucky to have a great mayor in uh, Gary Manier in Washington because his steady presence day after day was, uh, you know, he's like a coach in basketball or football. you got to have somebody who's, you know, a, a good leader who gets everybody working together in a positive way. And then kind of wrapping up, uh, are you planning to mark the anniversary in any way tomorrow? Well, um, I'm going to you know, be at home. I believe in volunteerism. I, I volunteer for a lot of causes, uh, helping military families, especially this month of November. But also I work with folks who uh, are dealing with homelessness, and uh, uh, I'm going to be doing some of, of that tomorrow. But I'll, it'll always be in my heart. The people of Washington, good and true, uh, even though something very bad and de- deadly hit their town, they never, ever surrendered. They uh, came together and worked together and uh, recovered together. WMBD's T.J. Carson with former Illinois Governor Pat Quinn. We'll talk to someone who was in Washington City government when the tornadoes were bearing down with more Week in Review coming up. By the way, if you missed our first part last week, you can go to WMBDRadio.com and find the podcast right on the front of the homepage or wherever you get your podcast for Week in Review. It was in that part last week where we talked with Washington Mayor Gary Manier about his response and reaction and the city's response to the tornadoes. But Manier wasn't alone. Current Bloomington City Manager Tim Gleason was city administrator in Washington 10 years ago and worked many long days to make sure the city could recover. Tim talks about some of his experiences with WMBD's Greg Batten and Dan DiOrio. Tell me the morning 10 years ago, what were you doing? Where were you? Actually, uh, my youngest, uh, Rebecca, she and I were at uh, our uh, coffee shop, uh, The Blend, and uh, truly, uh, uh, when the tornado uh, warning, uh, uh, you started hearing the sirens, uh, we knew to take cover. Uh, She and I left. Uh, We went to the Washington City Hall. Which isn't very far from there, right? It is not. It's just down the way. Well, what did the sky look like? It it. It was eerie, and yeah. and it had that uh, sort of a, a green tint to it, you know, gray. You know, it uh, you knew something bad was coming. How old was your daughter at the time? At the time, she would have been nine. Scared? Was she scared? Uh, no, uh, That's she interesting. she really wasn't. And and just a, a quick story about that. Yeah. So we come out of city hall, knew it was bad. Uh, I dropped her off at the uh, communication center at the police department, mm-hmm. and I left her there for six hours. Wow! So at nine years old, she had a front row seat to just everything that was occurring right there. Uh, you know, at the communication she, center. Not to belabor the point, but does she still think about that? Talk about that? Did it impact her life? She does. Yeah. Uh, now twenty, uh, thinking about a career in emergency management. That's, I was uh-huh. about to ask that. Yeah. That is so interesting. So so off you go, your role, of course, as city administrator, along with Mayor Manier, who we've also talked to, uh, is to start engaging the mechanism, right? But you've never done this before. You've never had a tornado wipe out 
a thousand homes in a whole part of your community. So what do you do first? Really, the first thing was uh, making sure that we were standing up for search and rescue. You know, that was the critical need at the time. And then also utilities, uh, making sure that uh, gas lines, water lines, because you could hear there was an, you know, a, an eerie silence, but you could hear the water running. You could hear the, the yes. gas lines. Uh, so it truly was uh, search and rescue and, and safety. And down power lines, you can probably hear those too, the electricity and, and with the gas and everything. Were you worried about explosions? Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, were that, there any? Were uh, there any? There were not. And, and if there are, they were uh, small, but I don't believe so. That's amazing. All right. So how long does search and rescue go under and to make sure the emergency, you know, cut off all the utilities? Is that... Uh, a few hours, a couple hours, all day? I'm going to say a couple of days. And, oh, and the reason I say that is uh, uh, because we had to account for all the residents. So some fled. Uh, you know, we uh, had uh, troubles with communications. Uh, cell phone uh, lines were down. So truly, I would say the first couple of days until we had accounted for all of the residents. But that immediate need where we're going house to house, uh, painting uh, something that, uh, you know, on the structure, what was left that we had been there and searched, uh, I had looked through the property, uh, that was in the immediate hours. So were you somewhat ready because um, I got up that, sm- that morning watching the Weather Channel, Dr. Greg uh, Bastel from Canton all the way up through and past Washington drew a gray oval, which he rarely draws, like two, three times a year, and said, I'm very, very worried about this area. So did you have any warning, and and were you at least on the edge of your seat prepared, or what? Yes, and and I've never done this before, and I've never done this since. But when we left work that Friday afternoon, I said to the police chief, fire chief, public works director, uh, you know, they are forecasting bad weather potential. You know, little did I know. Uh, but I did say that Friday uh, afternoon uh, close of business. Just keep an eye on the weather. Keep your phones close. Isn't that weird that you? That, I mean, as you said, you ne- never done it before. I haven't done it since. It is, and you just felt it, and you just could, all the things came together. It was again. That was a Sunday that it happened. So you were Friday to Sunday before anything actually transpired. I want to go back a second because I'm fascinated by logistics like this. So you have to account for everyone. How does that even happen? How do you how do you know who's not around, who is around? Uh, is what mechanism do you have as a city administrator to do that? How does that work? It's not perfect, uh, but you rely on many many people. But uh, to your question, I think the first thing that you do is you get uh, you know you, you start getting a list of the property owners, and you run through whatever records you might have access to to see how many heads might be in each right, one of those right. so uh, residents. Mom and dad, maybe two yes. kids, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of logistics, then you had to have then you had a bunch of people all of a sudden started showing up. Utility people from other areas, people with chainsaws, people who just want to help clear. You had to put a staging area together at five points, right? Uh, Definitely. And, you know, there's so many things that come back, you know, when I'm trying to answer, you know, the the questions. But, uh, you know, the... uh, 
because that was even a delicate balance. You know, the the immediate days of, and then for the months after, well into the second year of recovery, just managing the volunteers. But early on, we were turning people away. Yeah. And, and trying to do it, and this was a very conscious message, trying to, to do it in a way that was polite, respectful, that all they wanted to do was be there to help. And uh, their intentions were very pure. So even that is something that I I recall vividly. When you look back now, 10 years later, first of all, I don't know about you, but to me, the fact that it was 10 years ago stuns me. It just seemed like that just recently happened. But now if you drive through the community of Washington, you're currently the city manager of Bloomington. So it's not your city anymore to administrate on. But as you must have friends and family still there, as you drive and see the rebuild, it's almost unbelievable to look at. It it is, and truly, uh, you know, not to go down this path of how this tornado and the recovery, and a true truly being a case study in many ways through me and my connection now with FEMA, mm-hmm. uh, it is amazing. Uh, there were no one asked for this, and uh, but I can remember that afternoon, uh, Mayor Gary Manier and many others, but uh, the mayor was devastated. So it's about 2, 2.30 that uh, Sunday afternoon, and I can remember saying to him that we need to be conscious that we have got a blank canvas that we didn't ask for, and every decision that we make going forward is a forever decision, and we have opportunities. Did you hear from Pekin and East Peoria where the tornado started to go through? Were they calling the, the police saying it's coming your way? Oh, it... We had little notice because it was such a fast right. tornado, uh, ground speed. Yeah. And, uh, uh, we, we knew through the, uh, different, uh, police and fire communication centers that, uh, it was coming. But, uh, you know, again, little time at the end of the day. Back to that black, blank canvas of, of, that you didn't ask for. Um, what'd you learn? What did you learn about people? What'd you learn about administrations, about, um, logistics? That's a big question. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one, and I'll start by saying this, that, uh, you know, there was lost life. There's forever right. trauma for many people. Sure. Uh, the 70 year old oak trees are forever gone and will not grow back in our lifetime. Uh, but, uh, there are far more positives out of this. And you saw that in the community. You saw that in, uh, the many people that came to help and, and, you know, right here in Peoria. Uh, Jim Artis, uh, and, and Mimi, their friends, uh, former, uh, mayor of, uh, Peoria. But when you talk about mutual aid and volunteers, city of Peoria was at the top of that list. That's what I heard. Uh, they, they, they took things off of our plate that there is no way we could have handled, which in turn gave us time to focus in different areas. Like the mayor of Joplin, um, you and, and Gary Manier now, are you like, uh, whether you want it or not, experts that people call and say, we need your expertise, you've been through this? I think the mayor's been very involved, as have have I. Uh, I do not consider myself a subject matter expert, but I'm a guy that's been there. And uh, I have reached out to many people. Uh, that continues, you know, in a way that's sort of my payback to all those uh, countless people that I'll never know their names. But this is the way that, uh, you know, I can uh, show my appreciation. How long were you a city administrator before that happened? Just a year. Oh, uh, and been, this, wow. Had you done that job before anywhere never, else? Never. So you're brand new in the career. Yes, I am. Yeah, at that time. Yeah. Yes. 
And uh, do you think you will forever stay in it? You went on to Bloomington to become the city manager. Is it now, did you think that kind of cemented you in? He's like, you know what? This is important stuff. I hope I never have to do this again. But if I do have to deal with an emergency, maybe everything pales in comparison. Is that a fair statement or no? It is. Uh, you know, I truly love the profession. Uh, my pathway was by way of law enforcement. Uh, I think there's a lot of things in law enforcement that prepared me for the yeah. profession. Oh, I forgot about that and, being your background. Yeah. And um, uh, now 11 years. Uh, truly love it. Uh, being the, the CEO, basically, of a sure. municipal organization. And uh, I find it uh, very rewarding. Well, thank you, Tim Gleason, uh, the city administrator of Washington 10 years ago, uh, now the city manager of the city of Bloomington, um, forever changed by that day, by that weather. And we appreciate you spending time with us. Thank you. Anytime. Uh, Washington strong. One final segment looking back at the Washington tornadoes of 2013 with more Week in Review coming up. We can't talk about the tornado without discussing how big of a hit, if you will, the Washington football team took that day. But as the saying goes, you get by with a little help from your friends. Here's WMBD's TJ Carson with now retired Washington football head coach, Daryl Crouch. What do you remember the most about that day uh, when the tornado hit? It was just like, um, you know, because we were back at, at my old house that we had sold moving things out, so it was like a super nice day otherwise. And then, um, you know, started to get kind of reports that we'd had uh, heavy weather coming in, tornado-wise, and, and we were actually, I was with our AD, Herb Noblock, was helping me uh, move back and just, like, started trying to get a hold of my wife and kids. Couldn't do that because the phone lines were kind of jacked up. And then finally heard from a couple of my players on the way back. Um, so just that, like, worry of like you didn't know what you were coming back to and then um, as Herb and I got towards the edge of Washington uh, probably still two miles out just the debris field out there of just stuff that was you know parts of people's homes that were out in the field and then when we finally got to town you know they weren't letting us in we had to like kind of sneak in and then he had to drop me and I had to walk the rest of the way to my house um, then once we got out we got a chance to see things Checking on players and checking on a couple of our coaches, and just how much destruction there was. It was unbelievable. Of how you know you just couldn't tell one thing from another, um, you know, due to the damage that was done. And you had quite a few players that were affected by uh, the tornado and lost their homes in this. Correct. I would say we were in that like eight to ten range. Um, you know, for. That group, I think four or five were starters as well. So that made it tough. We had an assistant coach at the freshman level, um, Grant Huffgreen, who had a total loss on his house as well. So those things were, you know, kind of stood out of, you know, we were fortunate that nobody was, um, you know, really hurt out of our group. And then um, just again, that, you know, there, there were huge catastrophic damage, but to not lose, you know, a person in that first part, um, especially our players, it was just a loss of their, you know, their home and their belongings and things like that. But it was really hard just coming back to see those guys in those situations and, 
and what they were going through and their families were going through as well. Can you talk about the mindset and the feelings of you had the high of the playoff victory and then not even 24 hours later, a lot of lives have changed. Uh, a lot of people ended up homeless because of the tornado. A lot of people were affected. Can you talk about just how quick it was to go from that high to figuring out what you have to do next? Definitely. I mean, it was the highest of highs. That was our um, first trip to the semifinals here for me as a head coach. Um, our players were super excited. You know, we played a really good game against uh, all of our three prior opponents. We're super excited to have the chance to play in the semifinals versus Sacred Heart. And then you flip the switch not 24 hours later and you know, you just have total destruction in your town. You have worries about who's hurt, who's not, who has a house, you know, who even has clothing still. So really the highest of highs, the lowest of lows within a 24-hour period. You still had a playoff game that weekend. Can you talk about what preparation was like that week uh, to play Sacred Heart uh, while game planning and trying to rebuild lives around you? Yeah, it was very, very hard. Um, you know, the, the thing I talked about in the prep for that week, usually our kids have like a scan report in their hand or they have an online version, and none of that was possible with the things that were going on at that point. So our kids really had to pick things up on the field as we were trying to get them ready to play. Uh, us as coaches, the prep part was hard. We were fortunate Kurt Barth um, had a very good relationship with him. Let us come over to Eureka College and use their facility where they had power and everything. And we were at least able to watch game film and, and come up with at least a verbal scouting report for our guys. And then still we're just worried about our guys in general besides the prep part for the game of, you know, who has clothes, who needs clothes, um, who needs a place to stay. All those type of things came to the forefront. Oh, another thing I recall from that week of preparation is – uh, that you received a lot of help from around the area. You received some help from your opponent from that week, but also Yuhai, uh, who you had just beaten that week. Correct. We had a, um, you know, as original from um, the uh, Bloomington Normal area, one of the parents of the team that we had just played, Tracy Pat was a friend of ours. Um, the moms from Yuhai were great because one of the things we wanted to do uh, that week, TJ was just, there was such a media circus and um, no real control over our stadium and what was going on. And just getting some time where we could be at ISU and it was just our players. And um, they did a great job. They provided, you know, lunch for us after we finished practice those two days that we were over there. Um, one of our opponents for at least four to five times that have been like quarterfinal opponents, um, Joliet Catholic, they came in and did our team dinner for us on the Thursday night um, before. So they came down, brought the food, served us. So I thought that was, you know, an unbelievable, you know, reaching out on their part. And then not to mention the uh, the schools from our conference that reached out right away with anything they could do too. You know, it just shows you, you know, how close everybody really is and uh, just the goodness of people. What does all that support tell you? What did it mean to you at the time? I just think, like, we've always alluded to the um, 
the fact of just like those Midwestern values of helping take care of people and even our our town themselves, like those guys, families, they took themselves up a little bit as well. They didn't wait around. There were already people trying to go through their homes and find what they could. Um, but just the, the outpouring of the people from the outside of what it's really like to live here and the, you know, the love and caring of the teams around here was super special. And then the one thing I recall from watching the game, because I believe they did broadcast the game on TV, but it was also a fundraiser uh, for the Washington community during the game. Uh, talk about that. What did that mean to uh, your team, your town? Well, I, I, huge as far as trying to, again, like you're trying to do a rebuild, and some of the most important things are going to be manpower and, and then um, the money factor as well. So that meant a ton to us, even the you know, they fed our, our fans that day down at Sacred Heart, super kind on their part. Um, they helped get the busing situation so that we could get charters and get our people down there. And then uh, Kenny Leonard, the head coach, was great, too. Like, one of the things you always need is, like, water. We had more water than we could use. It was uh, unbelievable uh, the amount of uh, gifts and just the, you know, getting it here logistically, it was showing up left and right. What do you take away the most from that week? What stands out the most? And is there anything you're planning to do to mark the uh, anniversary? Uh, I think our big takeaway is just how resilient our town is and our kids and our, our um, administration and staff here. They had to prop and do things for during that week. Um, that team just went into our Hall of Fame. It was kind of a little bit of a celebration that way. And then there were two individuals, uh, Chris Friend and Casey Danley, that also went into the Hall of Fame, and that would have been homecoming week here. So as far as just tied to the tornado, we really don't have anything that we're you know, celebrating or doing along with that. But I thought that was a great thing that came out of um, you know, all the adversity that we had been through there to see that team get their recognition and, and be joining our Hall of Fame here in Washington. That part was very cool. T.J. Carson and Washington football coach Daryl Crouch. That does it for Week in Review. Join us again next week on this Midwest Communications Station for another recap of some of the biggest issues and events in central Illinois. I'm Will Stevenson, WMBD Radio News.